Hi. Hello. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening once again to the Speaking English Podcast, the place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books, but doesn't quite know where to start. We're back here in the new year with our New Year's special. Yeah. <laughs> our fourth a real annual. Fan favorite. Yeah, a real a fan, fan favorite. Me. <laughs> me and you, a real favorite of ours. <laughs> <laughs> we can be our own fans that's fine yeah uh our fourth annual new year's special so crazy um this is episode 179 and uh here we are to be fair i am a fan of these episodes because they're the only ones i ever like go back and listen to because i gotta know <laughs> what our resolutions were and if we stuck to them so uh nice. so i did that earlier today i listened to last year's new year's episode and uh, we'll we'll talk about some resolutions, how we did, uh, if we have any new ones, and then uh, the the best of the best for books and movies over the course of the year. Nice. Um, with some stuff from December sprinkled in because we did not do uh, a December wrap up as such. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll get into that in just a second. But uh, first, how has your last couple of weeks been? Your holiday season. My holiday season was really nice, really, really busy as it always is. Cause I just have, I have a very big family and I have very many like sectors of my family, I guess <laughs> I, I have to see like a lot of different groups of people over the holiday season. So it's always a lot of running around. And I also tend to make a lot of like homemade presents um, for Christmas. So the holiday season always ends up being like, I have to, crochet like rapid fire (laughs) every spare moment is making a gift um so it's always busy but always really really fun i love getting to see my extended family um so yeah it's been really nice now i kind of have a cold and i'm kind of like low energy because it's just been such a hectic time i guess um but i have to go on another vacation tomorrow (laughs) so i really need to get better (laughs) I gotcha. Yeah, the last episode you were in crochet mode. Yeah, heavy, heavy crochet mode. I still kind of am, but <laughs> not not quite as intense. It never stops. No, it never really stops. That's okay. Now I'm crocheting something for me, so that's fun. But I had this like big goal of, um, so I think I talked about this on the pod a couple times, but I got a live Christmas tree for the first time ever. And I was so excited about making like homemade ornaments for it and stuff. And I ended up only crocheting things for other people this whole season. So my tree has literally two ornaments on it. Oh, <laughs> Neither of them were made by me. So that was kind of a bummer. So next year, I'm going to prioritize myself. <laughs> Holiday yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two ornaments is a great start. Thank you. Because I know I also already mentioned this on a previous episode, but my family adds like one ornament every year. We have our little ornament. Yeah. So uh I think that's really nice. That's a really fun tradition. You can as long as you keep buying new or uh real Christmas trees, you can get add an <laughs> ornament each time, at least one. And uh, yeah. I really like that. And then that, that kind of ensures that they stay really special. Yeah. And before you know it, you'll have a whole uh, menagerie of ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I agree. Yeah. How was your holiday season? 
It was crazy, man. So much has <laughs> happened. So much has happened in my life since the last episode. Cool. Uh, I traveled back to the United States of mm-hmm. America. And I nice. came back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got really sick, like, right before I left. Oh, I'm no. not really sick. Like, I wasn't on my deathbed or anything. I still went yeah. to school on that last day, but it was miserable. Yeah. Uh, but basically, like, I woke up from a nap the night before the last day of school, just feeling awful all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, so the whole trip back to the U.S. I was sick for. Oh, Which I was sucks. also sick the first time I came here. So when I flew back yesterday, it was the first time that I wasn't like very sick while making this flight. <laughs> Which is crazy. nice. It was a different experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I got to spend some time with some family. Went to New Mexico for Christmas. That's awesome. Um, and then came back to Colorado. And... Um, did some stuff with friends and had, I went to a new year's party. That was really fun. Got to see uh, a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. And it was just a wonderful time. Good. I'm so glad. Um, yeah. And now I'm back here. I got back a couple days ago, or I guess yesterday I got back, but I left a couple days ago. The time change just makes everything weird. Cause it's like, I miss a full day. Yeah. That's just gone. And then, I don't know how jet lag quite works. How would you define jet lag, first of all? Um, I think that jet lag is like you travel to a place that's way different from your time zone and your body still wants to like run on the time that is the time zone that it's used to. So it's like you're not sleeping at the proper hours. <laughs> well, you would be sleeping at the proper hours if you were in the yeah. old time zone, right? Okay. Yeah, that's how I understand it too okay. but I, I wasn't sure like um because basically my experience so far is that i'm just sleepy all the time i took a massive nap uh mm-hmm. when i got here after my long travel day yeah um and which would have been like and i slept like a full eight hours then nice. um, and that would have been like from 4 a.m to noon colorado time gotcha which would like fit that bill and then i was worried about staying up late but i was just also tired last night and just left at normal time too <laughs> and uh, i've just been really tired all day today too so yeah i don't the know travel like that can like really take it out of you you know yeah on the flight going home not only was i very sick mm-hmm. the in-flight entertainment system was also broken so i didn't watch a single ah, movie that's so sad going back and i said i gotta make up for it so i like did nothing but watch movies the whole flight back <laughs> This time, so I didn't really get much sleep on the plane. Um, yeah. So maybe that explains it a little bit. But I'm flying to Florida tomorrow, and that's like a three-hour flight, and I'm really wondering if I will get to watch a good movie or not. We'll see. <laughs> they have. They usually have a pretty good selection. Nice. Um, I'm pretty happy with my with my uh, ensemble of plane movies that I watch. I watched three movies on the flight. Wow. I'm excited to hear about them. Three and a half, but I think I'll wait till the January wrap up to talk about that. Because uh, yeah, now I'm back here. I have the weekend and to get uh, reacclimated, I guess. But nice. I think I'll be okay. I I just will sleep a lot, and that's good because I can now. I got nothing else to do. Good. I was considering doing a little trip, 
um, this weekend, but I think not. It's probably too late anyways, but I need to plan more vacations. <laughs> um, and it would have been nice to stay longer, but my sister is moving to Wisconsin. So yeah, that is happening right now. There, I on know. She's trip. on the move. Yeah. I'm so excited for her. I'm going to go see her like as soon as possible. Nice. Yeah. I will not see her as soon as possible. <laughs> Well, I refuse. Maybe. I don't know. Define possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will not be returning to the United States for at least seven months, which is crazy. That is so crazy. At least six and a half, probably seven months. Really, really wild. Um, But yeah, so I, I couldn't stay any longer because, I mean, maybe I could have, but my family was also, the whole point was to be with family and they're leaving. So it right. felt a little bit short and I probably could have come back a little later. But uh, that's all right. I can uh, actualize my best self over these, <laughs> these free days here before school starts again. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm sure I have more stuff to say, but I'll leave it there. It was a very eventful time. I got a new phone also, which has been oh, crazy, a crazy experience. But uh, It's shiny. It like glinted in the light when you just held it up. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> We we have precedent for this because last year we didn't do a December wrap up episode either. Right. You had COVID. Yes. I kind of <laughs> forgot about that. Adam and I took this like long walk on New Year's Day and we were kind of reminiscing about this whole past year. And I was like, what did we do for New Year's Eve last year? Like, why can't I remember it? And it took so long to be like, oh my God, I had COVID. We didn't do anything. And that time is such a blur because I had COVID for like nine days. It was crazy. Insanity. Yeah. It was insane. Time of year, you know, I think it, I I like usually catch some sort of cold or something around this time because it's so much time with so many people and especially like there's so many kids in my family that I'm around (laughs) for Christmas and they're just little like walking germs. (laughs) They're just like giant germs. Like I just always catch something from them. (laughs) Uh, I did get my flu shot though. Oh, good for you. So if I catch the flu, no, I won't. I don't think that's quite how it works, but (laughs) (laughs) let's see. I think it's time for our resolutions corner. Okay. I'm going to be able to hopefully stick to the format here because I listened to the episode from last year and it seems like we have a pretty set out format, which begins with our new year's resolutions. I will now read (laughs) out some of our resolutions (laughs) from last year. (laughs) I always set like a little rough goal for movies and books read Mm -hmm. uh, just to see how I measured up. I think last year I read like 34 books and watched 200 some movies. And I set the goal for this year to watch 250 movies and read 30 books. And And I did not do (laughs) either of those, like not even close. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, I ended the year with... 181 movies watched and uh, 20 books read. So that's a great. whole 14 books less than last year. <laughs> but uh, awesome. overall, not too bad. No, that's really good. 
Um, I think my book reading fell off and actually both things fell off uh, when I first got here uh, to Spain. The first like month or two that I was here was kind of a, a free for all. I was doing whatever I was exploring the city. I was going around, didn't read so many, didn't watch so many movies and uh, a dip then, but maybe I'll, I think here lately I've been able to, to get back on track with that sort of stuff. So nice. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I guess for next year, I'll set the goal of, uh, let's say 200 movies is all and 21 books. So just more books than this year. Love it. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that one turns out going on the record now. <laughs> let's check in with you, the first of your new year's resolutions which was to <laughs> track the books that you read this year somehow or some way <laughs> i did not do that at all <laughs> not a single book was logged anywhere like physically or digitally on any sort of platform when i was trying to think back to the books i read this year i was like oh my god like i haven't i just did not keep track of it except for like here on the pod like i guess real if i really wanted to know i could go back and listen to every wrap-up episode and hear what i said i read but i don't want to do that that would be a lot of time yeah and i i just didn't read that much in general this year anyway so tracking the books that i read is rolling over into this year and it is now my absolute top priority. If I only accomplish one reading goal for this year, it is that. It is to just write out what I read, a couple of thoughts somewhere. That's it. It's that simple. I don't know why I'm incapable of doing that. But I was thinking about how that's like my number one goal before we started this. And I so I downloaded the app story graph which i've been seeing a couple of people on like book tiktok talk about like a lot of people are making this grand switch from goodreads to story graph because i guess it's mm. better i've never tried story graph but i hate goodreads i have tried goodreads i yeah. can't stick with it i hate it we talked so about it, this same stuff last year it's funny that's so funny you had the it's same like only, number one goal too oh my god uh, I, I suck it's validating to hear that other people hate goodreads so Ugh. <laughs> I, don't know what to do. I literally just don't know how to keep track of what I'm reading. I think maybe something I could try that would be easy is just like putting all the books I read in one month into a pile and then just taking a picture of it at the end of the month. Mm. And then I don't even have to write anything down, but I, but it's, there's like an image of it that I can go back to and look at. But ideally, I really want to have some sort of system like I have with Letterboxd. Like I would love to be able to just like have one place where I can see everything I read in a year. And there's like little notes about what I thought mm. when I read it, you know, like that would be so ideal to me. And I just don't know how to do that because I don't like these freaking apps. I don't know. <laughs> but I really need to figure it out. It's so important to me. An everlasting dilemma. Seriously, I just like can't get a grip on this one. <laughs> I don't know why. It's hard for me every single year. But this year, I'm going to try the picture method. And I guess that's all I got. <laughs> the picture <laughs> method. works for me. And I'm going to try StoryGraph. I'm going to give it an, an honest try. I don't, maybe, did I talk about StoryGraph specifically last year? No, uh-uh. 
You okay. Just, okay. Just, cool. We were just like we both hate Goodreads. We hate Goodreads. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel better. Then maybe I didn't know about Storygraph yet. Maybe this will be the one that actually It'll works be for the me. One. I'm currently reading our book club book and Harry Potter four. So I will log both of those in Storygraph at the very least and see if I like that. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, and we'll go from there. Incredible. So, yeah. It'll be a, the, a constant battle. Yeah, seriously. But uh, yeah, give, give it a good try. I'll have to also look into this Storygraph, you say, right? Storygraph, yeah. Cool. I will continue to also just write down my little list in the front of a notebook. It's a yeah, new notebook this year, so I can yeah, fit in. Very. Since I only read 20 books, I can fit in a whole nother year here under it nice. so That's we'll awesome. see um okay my next resolution was to get through more of my to be read shelf nice um that i said because i was like i have a whole bunch of books on there that whenever i buy new stuff i put in front of the older stuff mm-hmm. and so there's books that have been on there for like the last three years plus um i was doing good on this until i moved across the world (laughs) and (laughs) only brought a handful of these books yeah uh so ideally i said all but five i said all of the ones that are on the list at the beginning or on the shelf at the beginning of the year but five of them um i looked at that picture that i took at the time and there are nine books here that i did not read uh so i didn't quite measure up to that one (laughs) but (laughs) that's okay but uh, I brought some books back with me, including, I guess, just one of the books that's on here. So <laughs> maybe maybe I won't carry that resolution over. But uh, uh, I did good at this at the beginning of the year and got through a few that had been sitting there for a while. So uh, more to come. I'll read them eventually, hopefully. Okay, so there were 18. So I read half of the 18 this year. Nice. Which I guess isn't so bad when you frame it no, that way. No, it's not way. bad at all. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Your next resolution. And this is one that you carried over from last year. And you said <laughs> oh that, well, you said that you wouldn't be able to achieve it, but it's a good goal to have to improve your movie watching lifestyle. And it was go okay. to the theater uh, every week. You know, I got pretty close to that. Uh, I actually feel pretty good about that. Definitely, it wasn't actually every week, um, especially because I was really sick for like a good, like two months in the middle yeah. of the week. <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> um, but in the weeks that I was well, I did actually go to my movie theater quite a bit. And it's all thanks to having a membership. That makes it so easy. If I could extend yeah. one piece of advice to people who are listening to this, who are like, how can I implement more movie watching into my life get a movie theater membership dude it's so worth it it's so nice and it's just so i don't it's just like really it kind of takes away this barrier of like oh i gotta go to the movie theater and like buy the tickets and like (laughs) stand in the line and spend money if you have a membership it just like it just makes it so easy and convenient to like know in the back of your head that anytime you can just roll up to your movie theater and go in there for free and it's no big deal at all it's just really really nice so that's been extremely helpful for me this year and i would say i did fairly good at that goal incredible um, I got rid of my movie theater subscription, but 
I noticed that when I went back home and watched a movie in the United States, the credits are still in the account. So, oh, cool. Part of the member pricing is that you don't have to pay online fees. And since I'm not a member, when I bought my tickets online, (laughs) I still had to (laughs) pay those fees. But the actual ticket was had a credit for it. So I paid two dollars to go see a movie, which pretty good if you ask me but but, uh, i can't even remember the last time that i actually like waited in a line to buy a ticket at the theater because i always just buy everything online yeah because then i won't have like then i i I, it's usually like the day before or sometimes even right before i go but then it's like a commitment it's like i gotta go i can't i can't get lazy (laughs) once i buy the ticket because it's like i spent the money so really yeah, that's how I feel about my membership too. It's like I I am spending money on it every month, so I better get my money's worth out of yeah. it. Make it worth it. Um cool. Let's see. My next one was to watch a movie from every decade every month. A classic <laughs> one that I keep around. Not every month, but let's see how I did. Uh I changed this halfway through the year in like what decades i require uh because i said i need to watch some really old stuff so starting in <laughs> let's see november i said i'm gonna start with the two the 1900s every decade to the 2020s so mm-hmm. <clears throat> before that was just the 1920s started january i got all the decades march i got all the decades april and then not again until November. So four out of 12. It's not bad. It would be an F in school, but. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty proud of that one. I'm going to keep that one around because I think it's been very rewarding in watching a whole lot of different stuff. And this new edition of the two more decades has gotten me to watch uh, stuff that I've probably never would have before because I do my little silent movies project and I find before that I would find little reason to watch stuff before that because mm-hmm. it's like I'm watch- I have to watch all these old movies anyway so like I'm, I'm having this to do that mm-hmm. but I realized there's so much stuff that is before that too that's like worthwhile so, yeah. so I need to delve into some of that and this will be a good way to do that so I'm going to try to keep that up nice uh, for this year, for 2024 as well. Um, yeah. Your next resolution for this year was uh, to not have any rules for reading because <laughs> you did your penguin orange thing and you said it was rewarding, but you got tired of it because you felt like it was a chore sometimes. Um. Yeah, that makes sense why I said that at the beginning of last year. And I certainly did not have any rules that I followed this year. And it was it, it was not good for me. Oh, no. <laughs> so I accomplished that goal. But at what cost? But at what cost? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess what I've learned from last year and this year is that I need to find some sort of happy medium between strict rules and no rules at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. I'm not sure what that'll be. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you also said to check out more audiobooks. I did do that. Yeah. Um, especially with like a lot of the book club books that we did, like some of the classics. A lot of classic books are 
in the public domain, I guess. So people can just record audiobooks of them and put them out there for free on YouTube. And I utilized that a lot. Um, and it's that it's like really, really helpful for me. Um, it keeps me a lot of times I'll like read an audiobook and look at the physical book at the same time. And it just kind of keeps my mind from wandering. Like sometimes if okay. I'm reading a physical book, I do that, that kind of thing a lot where it's like, I'll read a whole page and then be like, I have no idea what I like. It's like my eyes were just moving and nothing was entering yeah. my head <laughs> and I have to go back and read it again. Doing the combination of both really keeps my mind, my thoughts from wandering so I can get through a lot more, um, a lot faster. So I really like that. I'm going to, probably keep doing that awesome yeah uh i do know that spotify was pushing this pretty hard is that a lot they have a lot of uh i don't know if they just like acquired the rights or whatever but they've been advertising uh that they have a bunch of audiobooks on spotify premium now nice um they did not have the book that we're currently reading for book club oh that's a bummer uh you can still like buy some of these i think but who wants to do that if you're already paying for the service? <laughs> uh, but I know that East of Eden was on there because I was curious and looked at it. Oh, up. that's cool. Sometimes I'll look around for like the Spotify playlists that are based around a particular book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just like listen to it while I'm reading. So I did that for East of Eden. And then the first thing that came up was the actual book. <laughs> I was like, you can, I oh, will do you one better. <laughs> just listen to the actual book on the <laughs> that's really cool that's so um, funny i didn't take advantage of it then but i might uh something out like something that i've been wanting to read i might just like look and see if it's on there and, and give it give it a try because i've never really done audiobooks but uh, yeah it could be interesting yeah i've really come to enjoy it i used to not like them at all but now that i now that i like have a technique down to using them a little bit better i guess i do i do really like them because didn't you like listen when you had your concussion yeah the the start of this i guess i was the catalyst yeah before that i had tried audiobooks a couple times and i just really didn't like it like i i just felt like i wasn't getting quite as much out of it as i like get out of reading a physical book but Mm. when i had nothing else to do and i had the concussion i guess (laughs) i guess i learned how to focus better really had a lot of crazy stuff happen to you over the last couple of years. Huh? I know. <laughs> That's wild. I really know that. Uh, okay. I have my last one is um, I talked about this last year that they shoot pictures. Don't they? What thousand and one movies list. And my goal was to have seen 40% of the movies on that list. Uh, I said that I, was at 33% when we did the episode last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not hit 40%, but I got to 36. So that's maybe like 30 movies or so that I watched that were on the list that I hadn't seen before, which I think was pretty good effort. 40% would have been a lot, but I think maybe I can do that this year. So I'm going to keep this one around. There's the new list is out now. So basically it was a huge update last year because the new sight and sound um, survey came out this year. It's out already on the first day because it's like more of a little bit of adjustments and stuff instead of like a whole overhaul. Nice. Um, So I've kind of started to take a look at that and I think I'm going to keep that goal around and like refocus on it because I was working really hard to kind of 
find the ones on there that seemed interesting that I, that were available and like watching them. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But then I kind of stopped at some point. So I'm going to try to pick that up again. And I think that'll be good to help with my decades stuff too. And uh, keep my horizons widened, which I think is, is part of the, the point of what we do here on the pod. So really? that's awesome. Um, so yeah, that'll be exciting. So I think I'm pretty much keeping, or I should have a reading resolution, but I'm keeping my two movie resolutions around. I guess it might just be a year to year thing. Um, but do you have any new year's resolutions for 2024? I have three, three resolutions I wrote down. That's it. (laughs) I think it's doable and I think it's going to be helpful. The first and foremost is track books. We already talked about. My second resolution for this year is to like intentionally seek out things that I and like prioritize movies and books that I think will be perfect for me. Like not just I don't know, I guess this year and most of the time I just read and watch kind of whatever pops up, I guess. Okay. I don't know. It's not really like I'm watching things that I don't think I'll enjoy, but it's I just go into them like yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. we'll see how it goes. This, but I really didn't have many standout favorites from this year in either books or movies. And I really want to change that for next year. So I'm making it a, a big focus to like watch things that in my mind, I'm like, I think that'll be a perfect movie for me. I think I will walk away from that one with like a 10 out of 10. And maybe I won't, you know, that's whatever. But the whole point is just that I'm like looking for those things. Um, And then my third one is about reading more. One of the books that I'm kind of reading right now is Atomic Habits, uh, which is like a self-help type of thing, which I usually don't like that much. But (laughs) I had heard people saying that this book teaches you how to like reframe, I I don't know, your mentality around like your habits, your routine and your goals, I guess. And like I'm I'm only a couple chapters into it, but something that it's talked about that I really like so far is like instead of focusing on end results like these goals you focus on changing your system so like a lot of the way that I don't know your thoughts revolve around reading more instead of being like every day I'm going to read 10 pages it's like how how do I like overcome the barriers in my life that keep me from just reading like naturally like how do I just become somebody who doesn't have to tell myself to read I just am a reader and it's just part of my life you know what I mean? Okay. I don't know. I don't think I'm explaining this as well as the guy in the book does. <laughs> <laughs> but I really just want them. Okay. I just, I really want to, I haven't gotten to the part in this book yet where he talks about like the very specific ways to do this in your life. Like I'm just in these sort of like intro broad chapters, but I know that later in the book he talks about like the specific method. So my goal around reading is to implement like the, the kind of atomic methods system oriented way of reading more. And I don't know exactly what that'll look like yet, but I'll let you know (laughs) when I figure it out. (laughs) I see. I see. What happens if the the author is a hack and you don't realize it until the end of the book? (laughs) I'll let you know that too, (laughs) (laughs) but I have high hopes about it so far. It's really resonating with me. So yeah, we'll see. Nice. Uh, I like the, the goals. Um, I have two others that I just remembered I made earlier today. Um, 
So I have the movie from every decade, the 40% of the list carried over. Uh, for movies, I'm also going to add, I need to watch at least one Andrei Tarkovsky picture. This is a very important director historically that for some reason I just have not seen any of his movies yet. And I don't know what it is keeping me from this. Um, but every year I'm like, okay, it's, and this is like since my freshman year of college. So it is like the last four years, I, I suppose I've been like, all right, I'm going to, you know, at some point watch one of these movies and I still just haven't. And I think it's like, the, he's the, probably the, the biggest or most famous or important director that I've like seen absolutely nothing from. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to change that this year. And I need to, at some point, and I, this is something that I literally can do the second this episode ends. I know that I won't, but it's something I am going to do before the end of the year <laughs> at some point. So nice. That's awesome. Um, and then my other uh, reading goal is to read more nonfiction this year. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't really know what I mean by this goal or like how to tell whether or not I achieved it. Uh, mm -hmm. but basically, I've kind of noticed that when I'm, I don't think that I, been neglecting nonfiction in the stuff that I read necessarily, mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm less interested <laughs> or like it takes me longer to get through nonfiction books. Gotcha. And so I don't know if this will change or like what exactly the goal is, but I'm going to try to find a way to um, get through them <laughs> or <Okay. laughs> find, find the types of stuff that I can, you know, read be more engrossed in i guess yeah that um, makes sense. find a way to do that and yeah so i hope it doesn't turn out to be like forcing myself to read stuff because that's never uh the goal i guess mm -hmm. um but i'm gonna try to focus on on finding a good uh, like finding a good system for that and gotcha. kind of like yours we'll see how it goes like we'll see what that ends up yeah. being or how it ends up working out but uh that's something that I want to focus on during this new year. Cool. I'm excited to hear how it goes. Yeah. Cause I think it's a very, just nonfiction in general is very wide ranging. It could be a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, sure. Yeah. So that's my resolutions, my new year's resolutions. 2024 is, is crazy to me. I know, me too. Ever since COVID happened, the time doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so that's our resolutions corner. It's now time to get into the next phase of our New Year special, which is <laughs> the best of the best of the books and the movies. Nice. It's usually where we talk about the best of the best of the books and the movies. <laughs> usually. Usually. <laughs> As in our normal wrap of episodes, we start with books. Um, yep. Did you have a favorite book of this year? Honestly, no. <laughs> Which really, really sucks. Maybe I'm forgetting about something, but I don't think I am. I wrote down three books that I really, really liked, but I didn't add anything to my like favorites, my beautiful favorites shelf mm -hmm. this year, which is kind of a bummer, especially because last year I read East of Eden, which became 
my new, like the thing that I say when people ask me my favorite book, I love that book so much. And this year I didn't have any moment like that or anyone stand out. So that is really kind of a bummer. And that's a big part of why I made that goal of like really seeking out things that I okay. think that I predict will make it onto that shelf, I guess. Um, but what I, what I would say is my favorite book that I read this year is killers of the flower moon. And it is cool because it sort of opened up this new, like, I think I like this, this sort of nonfiction writing. Um, like, Ooh, I think I, like, I need to have that moment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that nonfiction that is written as if it was fiction, like as if nobody knew this story yet works for me. I think I like that. So maybe I'll try to seek out some more of that this year. Maybe I'll even try to read more of this author specifically, because I really like his writing style. Mm. Um, my favorite book club book that we read this year was Wuthering Heights. I think that's the only one I gave a perfect five star to, and it was fantastic. Um, and then at the very beginning of this year, I was reading the Elena Ferrante's My Brilliant Friend series. And I talked about this when I was reading them, but I, I didn't really like the way that they ended. It's four books. And some of them would be a perfect five star, I think. But as a series as a whole, I wouldn't give it like the perfect favorite marking, I guess. Mm, okay. But the thing about those books is that I have not stopped thinking about them. <laughs> like, <laughs> the way that they described uh, like female friendship and the way that it evolves over the course of a lifetime has stuck with me so much. Like I find myself so frequently comparing moments that I have with my friends to moments between the two women of these books and kind of almost like categorizing people in my life as like, sometimes I'll be like, Oh, I'm the Elena of this dynamic or I'm the Lila of our dynamic. And it's so, it's just so funny the way that it's kind of like burrowed itself into my mind and become this like frame of reference for how I think about a lot of moments in my, my own friendships. So that's cool. Like it really, even though it didn't end up being perfect to me, it really has been very thought provoking and has like, just, just stayed with me for a long time. So that's really cool. So those are my three standouts. None of them were a, a new, like absolute yeah. all time favorite, but they were really good. And I'm glad I had like those moments with all three of those. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, since you, since it's the same as yours, I'll start with Weathering Heights was my nice. favorite book this year that we read for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this was my pick. So yeah, you're congrats. welcome. I guess, <laughs> yeah. I you, you win book club. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause last year, each of us had like a standout one yeah. book that, but uh, this year was also tougher as far as just watching stuff. Uh, and reading stuff for the pod because we had so many big breaks, I guess. Yeah, true. And not 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 like a big break, big break, like breaks that were for long periods of time. <laughs> we're still <laughs> waiting on our big break when we blow That's up true. and get a, a billion <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but uh, so I feel like there was a lot of um, maybe gaps in, in movie watching and book reading in general for me that kind of yeah. coincided with not having stuff for the pod. Totally. Yeah. Um, Cause I kind of felt that way. Uh, we'll see how it is in a couple, in a few weeks when uh, we do the shiners nominations, mm -hmm. see if we're kind of nominating the same stuff or if we end yeah. up like thin or not, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, we, I mean, there just wasn't as many books to choose from, I guess, this year. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I did really, really like Wuthering Heights. And it's one mm-hmm. that I had heard about for forever. And then to finally read it uh, in, in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and as an adult, I'll put it that way. Um, was cool. And it, it was, I'm, I'm like glad I read it for the first time now as an adult instead of in high school. Cause I feel like I wouldn't have liked it as much yeah. in my young age. I did read it in high school and I didn't like it as much. So it was kind of, it was rewarding to like revisit and be like, I think I get it better now. Mm, I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, my overall favorite book of the year would have to be East of Eden. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which, which I read in uh, the month of December. I wouldn't quite put it as like my favorite book of all time, mm-hmm. um, but I think of everything this year, it's the one that that really grabbed me and, and roped me in. But the, I'm so glad that you read it and liked it. It's so good. I yeah, it, so much. it really is so good, and I think it's it's um I don't know all the best of like what Steinbeck does because I, I wasn't fully on board with with the. Uh, him being the big man of American authors, because <laughs> we were talking about this at one point of like Hemingway and uh, right. the Southern guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, William Faulkner. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I, I kind of, I get Steinbeck more and like, I appreciate him after reading East of Eden. Because um, I think what he does, and, and I'm starting to like kind of realize the things that I like uh, in books, and it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to the things that I like in movies, but mm-hmm. it's like this focus on the minutia of life, um, yeah. and then having totally. that kind of as maybe like a microcosm, but not necessarily. Because um, I, I really like Murakami, who is different than Steinbeck, but they both kind of focus on the little details and I like kind of parsing through those details and getting the whole picture from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in East of Eden, it's done on such an, like a grand scale that I thought was super cool and unique among other books that are similarly wide ranging. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, that I really liked and was just like so enjoyable to read. And mm-hmm. when it was over, I didn't want it to be over, even though like I spent so much time <laughs> reading this book. Because <laughs> um, it really just kind of builds a tapestry that's yeah. all connected, but sometimes more so than others. And I don't know, just the sense that I got while reading it yeah, is uh, super cool. It's perfect. Amazing. So glad it's your favorite of the year. Yeah, favorite of the year. I did get um, a similar sense uh, in some movies, including A Brighter Summer Day, which Mm -hmm. I think is interesting because I I, like realizing the specific stuff that carries over between mediums that I really enjoy. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of the stuff that I like about that movie is also what I like in East of Eden. Um, And something like Apocalypse Now, I think, would be similar. Um, yeah and so that was kind of an interesting realization to have um but yeah east of eden is just so great (laughs) it's so great i'm so glad you loved it also the way that it kind of like hits 
its final point at like the very end of the book like there's no real like resolution mm-hmm. in plot but also in themes it kind of really makes a very important point at the last moment mm-hmm. and leaves you to kind of understand how it all like both leads to that and folds out from that mm-hmm. and what came before and what you can assume will happen after um which is also another thing that i love it in movie endings <laughs> when movie endings <laughs> leave you with like something to chew on and kind of reevaluate everything that came before yeah um, totally so yeah i also i just thought i just think that's interesting finding the things that i like carry over between mediums and i don't know if i've like realized that as much um until i read east of eden so good (laughs) and yeah i feel the same like it's it's so segmented like things the way that the book ends is just so like wildly different from how the book begins and it's so like interesting reading it for the first time and not knowing where it's gonna go and Mm. and everything that comes about in like the sort of last third of the book um and now i just i think that the experience of reading it again will be so cool kind of like recognizing the themes like the through line from the beginning knowing Mm. like the course that it takes you know it's just so valuable (laughs) i love that book so much i can't wait to read it again yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, I did have one last book to talk about. Um, it's called Dance, 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 which I talked about in a, in a wrap-up already. But uh, it's my new favorite. Well, I would say my new favorite Murakami book. But as far as my chronological read-through, I think it's my favorite so far in that. So nice. maybe I'll just like forget about the ones that haven't come up in that yet that I've already read. And because uh, <laughs> I did reread Norwegian Wood this year and I liked it even better uh, yeah. on second read. But something about Dance, Dance, Dance stuck with me. And I think uh, up to that point, it's kind of my the one that, that really kind of captures something uh, really special. And like for me, I guess like that's the, the one that I that I appreciate the themes uh, and the the way of storytelling. I guess nice. um, as far as the ones up to that point. So we'll see uh, as I continue through that. But I only got to read those two this year. But uh, one of my bookshelf books that I brought with me back was the next one on that project. So yeah, I really like dance, dance, dance. Good. Um, but yeah, I also kind of had the experience that not a whole lot stood out to me as far as the books I read this year. Mm-hmm. Like there are some good ones. I'm just looking through my list. There are some good ones, but none were like the, the <laughs> ones that I, the ones that I mentioned, those three, mm-hmm. I think besides those, nothing really was, was that life changing maybe. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. I really want to feel differently about that next year. Yeah. Let's uh, work hard and try our best. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. So now time for the best of the best of the movies. Or I guess maybe before that, is there anything from December that you wanted to talk about particularly as a little wrap up kind of deal? Um, nope. Okay. 
<laughs> I also didn't have too many. Like, there's all of my favorite movies that I watched in December were either rewatches mm-hmm. for the pod or as part of my silent movies project, my 100 years ago. Besides The Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> I had never seen this in, in full. Uh, yeah. And I finally did this Christmas it's- Eve Eve on the 23rd. Uh, I feel like I've seen like the first 30 minutes of this probably like four or five times, but I never watched the whole thing. And uh, I did. And I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> I don't know if there's too much to say about it. It's kind of, it was maybe more bare bones than I was expecting. Like it was a very simple. Yeah, I felt the same way. I wa- I also watched it entirely for the first time, I think last Christmas season. Okay. And I felt the same way. I was like, I don't think I understand why this has the following that it does, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was really nice and a fun watch. And I, like, I see why people like it. Um, and, uh, now I've seen it. Now I can say that I've seen it. (laughs) I watched three, uh, like newer releases this month, back to back to back that were all just a, just a six out of 10 to me and have all sort of blended together in my mind. And they were leave the world behind salt burn and the new hunger games movie the blank of blank and blank the blank blank <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, following um, that just real quick that episode that i named the long title in that form has yeah. far fewer listens than anything else released like around <laughs> it so funny i think it's it a bad up. title structure i hope that, <laughs> i hope that authors leave that behind in the this year that's enough we have enough the blank of blank and blank titles um but anyway yeah all three of those movies were just fine none of them were standouts to me at all um especially saltburn and the the only reason i say especially saltburn is because of the amount of people that i see right now like discussing it like acting like this movie had so much to say it was Mm. such a standout it was so weird and there's so much yeah there's just so much discussion to be had about it and i watched these discussions and i watched the movie and i'm like you guys are grasping at straws dude (laughs) it was not that deep it was not that complex and one of the top reviews for this movie on letterboxd is just it's somebody being like i feel like this is a lot of people's first weird movie and i think that that sums it up so well like i think if this was the first your first venture into weird movies then yeah i get why it's been so impactful for you but if you've watched kind of a lot of movies that are odd and off-putting like this it's it's not the best by any means it's not the most special and i yeah i just didn't it it was good it was fine there's not that much to say about it (laughs) well that's one that like looked really promising to me from like trailers and stuff and i was excited but then when it came out and i saw like reviews of people that i trust yeah uh, i'm no longer excited to see it but yeah. it's out on streaming now so i'll probably give it i'll probably give it a watch at some point yeah it, it's fine dude <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just fine first weird movie any any podcast listeners that keep up with what we watch and try to watch along will have will have seen some pretty weird stuff some weird movies, yeah. <laughs> um interesting yeah yeah i think everything else in december yeah, it was either a rewatch. And there were some good rewatches, but I don't feel the need to kind of... I feel like we got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, um, sure. Or else 
I I backloaded a lot of my 100 years ago project to this month because I got or last month because I got so behind. Uh, but then when I got sick and went home, I stopped that. <laughs> so I still have a few to watch um, at the beginning of this year for last year, because I feel the need to cover all the ones I set out to watch. Uh, so I'm going to continue that at the beginning of this year. Nice. But um, but I want to talk now about my top movies of the year, my 10 out of 10 first watches. 10 out of, or the, like my favorite movie, my favorite first watch of last year uh, was To Sleep So As to Dream. Nice. Ta da. This is <laughs> one of the, actually, the only movie that I watched multiple times this year because um, I mm-hmm. got it on Blu ray and I actually watched it. It was one of my rewatches because I watched it when I went home. Uh, and I, this is one that is very much for me. I talked about it. I think it was just last month that I watched it for the first time, but mm. uh, it is so good in my opinion. The reading the director's note that he put it's in like the pamphlet of the Blu-ray release uh, made me appreciate it even more because uh, this is a movie that the director was working in the industry for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, basically his best friend died. And he said, life is short. I got to like actually start working on my goals. I'm going to make a feature, at least one. Um, and then he kind of thought, you know, how are we going to make it have a very personal, unique style? I want to, so, I don't know, two other things that he said that he set out <laughs> specifically to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he ended up being like successful and have other movies too. But he said that this one was like his miracle because he just kind of got it done, went out and made it in like a very singular uh, way. But I think nice. is so cool because it, he accomplishes it and it's done so well. Uh, and he actually like worked with them for the restoration and re-release because he feels like this is, you know, another like comparison between East of Eden and movies, because uh, I think like John Steinbeck described it as like the first book or something. Yeah. Like, the full encapsulation of like his writing. Yeah, that was like his opus. Yeah, like the dedication of the book is like, I put it all in a box and here's the box or something like that. (laughs) Uh, And I think this movie feels that way, which is interesting because it's, you know, the first thing this guy did and he would do stuff later. Um, But yeah, it just just feels very special. And I think it's, it can be appreciated, if not loved, if you are a hater of silent, of anything silent movies. But if you can appreciate silent movies, I think you'll really, really love this because it's done in a way where it knows that it's making a silent movie, silent style movie. It's not silent. You hear speaking and stuff at points, but it's all very um, well controlled, I would say. Um, and the cinematography is, is beautiful. I think, I think the the use of like the smaller frame and knowing, like setting out to do specifically what it is and just accomplishes it so well. I was just, I'm just so, so impressed by it. And uh, it's already very near and dear to my heart in the short time since I've seen it. So my number one first watch of the year. That's awesome. Ta-da. Did you have a favorite first watch of this year, would you say? Um... Kind of. What did I write down? Okay, yeah. 
Um, I sort of split this into like two categories, I guess. Okay. I have, I really didn't have a standout favorite movie of the year, but I had two favorite new horrors that are very similar in tone and Mm. two favorite new romance movies that are very similar in tone. Should I, um, I will start with the horror. Okay, cool. So this year I watched Carrie and I watched Pearl both for the first time. And I really loved both of them. I, I didn't even give a perfect 10 out of 10 to either of them, but I did. I really, really liked them and they're very, very similar in what they had to say and like what makes them scary. And so I think, I don't know, this is, this is just like good information for me to file away in my brain. I think, yeah, Yeah, I like this type of horror. I like this type of story that like, I don't know, just sort of takes these aspects of like girlhood and like extends them into this extreme, surreal, scary territory. I really like that. Both of these movies did that so well, and they were both really impactful to me. Honestly, especially Pearl. And I, Pearl, I don't think could really exist the way that it is had Carrie not come first. So you, I don't know. You got to give credit where it's due. But I okay. really loved Pearl. I have thought about it so much since I watched it in the spring of this year, of last year. Um, it's just so, it's so awesome. <laughs> and I'm so excited that the third movie of that trilogy is coming out. I think this year, I can't wait to see it. I think it'll be so good, but yeah, Pearl has been a real standout for me. It's very scary. And it's also just as a movie, really good. (laughs) It's very well written. And the cinematography of that one too is so, so cool. The colors of it are so good. And Pearl has this like pet alligator (laughs) and like the usage of the alligator to kind of add to the suspense of the movie is just so cool and like the way that it's set on this like kind of serene tranquil farm where things are quiet and they have this nice still lake but you know that like within the lake there's an alligator it's just it's all really good it's very well done it's like perfectly polished and crafted i really pearl is a real standout for me awesome so that that the horror movies of this year i like it yeah (laughs) Um, okay, so I have four other movies that I ended up giving 10 out of 10 to for the first watch. Nice. Um, one of them came out this year, which was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Nice. Um, I still have and I guess that's my favorite movie of this year, but well, I'm going to talk about that in a second. I don't, I'm not really sure. I think logically it would follow if it's only 10 out of 10 you give it would be the best but i'm there's five total movies this year that i can't decide between that i really love all of them and uh i think are like very clearly like my five favorites so they can just be my five favorites but the other 10 out of 10s i gave this year were three colors red first of all um which is just so humane i don't know it's a, it's just a warm, fuzzy feeling watching it that I was left with. Um, and I think there's some, there's a lot of stuff to seeing a movie and just feeling like you want to be a better person or like that you are a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Three Colors Red really hits that nail on the head. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, has you seeing the world a little bit differently. 
Um, this is one that I watched like way at the beginning of the year. So I, I kind of really remember more like specific moments of it that really stood out to me more so than like the actual sequence of events, which I think is like kind of interesting. Um, but I think I also like really appreciate, I'm starting to appreciate that more and more of like the ones where you're just left with more of an image than like a bullet point list, <laughs> like images, not a image maybe, but, <laughs> um, and then uh, Boogie Nights was another 10 out of 10 for me from this year. So good. Um, probably the first P.T. Anderson movie that I like really, really love. It's it's my favorite one for sure. But I think it was probably the first one that I... And I've actually seen most of them by now, which is weird. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I got it, I guess. <laughs> like I saw what he was going for and I thought he was done really well. Oh, excellent. Uh, and I was like very impressed because I, to be honest, I didn't think that I would like it nearly as much as I did uh, based mm-hmm. on like maybe like the premise or in like the movies of his that I'd seen before, um, especially the Magnolia debacle of last year. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> not really a debacle. Like it was just... <laughs> I just didn't quite get that one and I'll need to rewatch it to see if it connects more, but Boogie Nights, I just thought was, it was done so, so well. Uh, And then my last one was a matter of life and death, which I talked about fairly recently. Um, But the same team that brought my my favorite first watch of last year, which was the red shoes, uh, which we actually watched for the podcast. But uh, this one is, similarly deals with big picture themes and wide ranging stuff um, on a big scale and a small scale simultaneously. Like it's hard to, hard to classify it as like a big movie or like a small subdued movie. And I think that's a unique thing that Powell and Pressburger do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really well done in this one because it, it feels like a small story and a giant story at the same time. Nice. Um, and I think that's really impressive. And a lot of the heart that it, that this one has too, it just kind of shines through like out of that structure um, in a really unique and impressive way. And I was uh, taken, surpri- taken by surprise by this one, probably. Um, it was, it affected me more emotionally than I was expecting going in. And that was really cool. So. Nice. Yeah. So those are my top four. Awesome. Um, okay. I just looked through my letterbox real quick and I did have a couple more first time five star first watch five stars right. <laughs> than I had an yeah. thought. I think, okay. Last year was such a good, as in 2022 was such a good movie year for me. I felt like I had a first watch five star, like every month. And this year I definitely did not feel like that. Um, so that's why I was thinking about my favorite horrors and then my favorite like romances later in the year. But I just skimmed through and there were actually a a handful of more standouts than I had thought they were being John Malkovich Perfect time. Love that movie so much. I'm so <laughs> glad I saw that this year. Um, Drive. I forgot that I watched Drive for the first time in May, and I loved it. That oh, I gave yeah. that one a perfect ten out of ten too. It was so good. Um, I gave a perfect ten out of ten to Nobody Knows when we watched it. 
but I don't know that I would really consider it a favorite. I don't really want to watch it again. It made me <laughs> sad, but it was really good. But then in June, I watched both No Country for Old Men and Inglorious Bastards for the first time ever. Both stellar, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Not that I like, I have nothing new to say about either of those. A lot of people really, really love those movies and for very good reason. And I feel a little bit embarrassed about having not seen them until this year, but they are both <laughs> so fantastic. Um, and that's really it. And then I have the two, the two romances that I want okay. to talk about. Did you okay. have a favorite movie that had come out this past year? I don't really think so. I was like, I was looking through my letterbox and wow. like, not really. If I had to choose one, it would probably be Oppenheimer. But I don't feel great about that choice. I don't feel like super strongly about it. I gotcha. Oh, yeah. Not really. Cool. Wait, maybe uh, Asteroid City. Ooh, maybe that'll be my one. official pick. I really liked it. It was only a 9 out of 10, but so was Oppenheimer. But I probably liked Asteroid City slightly better than Oppenheimer. Awesome. So, yeah. I'll take that. Asteroid City. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Thank you, as always. <laughs> um, so, I'm in a debacle in that I have five movies that I really can't separate as my favorite. Uh, so, I'm going to list them now. The first one I already mentioned is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm which really goes crazy with its animation and just kind of it's the way that it presents itself in in a way that I haven't seen really anywhere, I don't think. So I think that's why it's a 10 out of 10. It really stands out as mm-hmm. being like something very new and very fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Barbie, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I really enjoyed Barbie too. As well as Oppenheimer. It's also in my, in my top five. Um, mm-hmm. and when I watched both of them and we did our episode, I think I, I, I did give, uh, Barbie a nine out of 10 and Oppenheimer an eight out of 10, but mm-hmm. in, as time has gone on, I really can't decide which of them I like better. Yeah. I think Oppenheimer has like left me thinking about it more. Yeah. So same. I really don't know how to separate the two. Cause I think that they are, were both very, uh, impactful and incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wick chapter four mm-hmm. interesting um, I think is the best action movie I've seen in a while um, and really kind of elevate is the best of the franchise I think easily uh, and I think it mm-hmm. elevates a lot of what came before into like a really really satisfying like final product and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's if they're going to end with this but I think it's a great ending if it does end up being that and uh, I think it really is, you know, everything that's cool about it's just almost three hours of just pure mayhem. Mm-hmm. And I think it's executed so well. And uh, it keeps you with it the whole time in, in such a good way that it's got to be one of my top, like one of my top five favorites of the year. Uh, nice. And then on the last day of the year, I watched the New Yorgos Lentimos movie, Poor Things. <laughs> Uh, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, <laughs> I really, really <laughs> liked it, but it wasn't quite perfect to me. Like, I think a lot okay. of people are saying that it's like, blow your mind, best movie of the right. year. Uh, right. I did really, really like it. Um, but uh, I'm I'm sitting with it and I'm not quite sure. There's a couple things that bugged me a little bit, but uh, I think like the where it goes to, 
uh, is really quite special. And uh, I think I'll probably enjoy it more on a rewatch. So I'll see it again sometime and, and maybe uh, maybe see how I feel then. But, uh, <laughs> but, but right now, there's really very little to, sell, to separate all five of those. I don't know if I can pick a single favorite out of them they're they're on even ground which is something that i think is cool because i usually have like a favorite yeah me too the only two that i've seen of those five are barbie and oppenheimer and i didn't give either of them a 10 out of 10 i'd be more inclined to say that i like oppenheimer but oppenheimer would be my favorite as opposed to barbie i did really like Mm -hmm. barbie to be but i think i liked oppenheimer better i think that both Across the Spider-Verse and Poor Things will be movies that I really, really love. And I'm like so upset that I haven't seen them yet. I actually went to the movie theater to see Poor Things last week and it was sold out when I got there, Ah. which is that this is the one thing about having a membership that really sucks is that I don't have to buy tickets in advance. And because of that, every now, this has only happened to me twice. People who do buy their tickets in advance, sell it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the rear window window debacle, exactly. Um, So because that was my only chance to see poor things, and it didn't work out, so I'm so sad about that, because I think, based on what people are saying, it'll end up being my favorite movie that came out this year. So I'm really bummed to have not seen it in time for this episode. But yeah, I think for me, as of now, it comes down to Oppenheimer versus Asteroid City. I want to say Asteroid City, but later on when I finally see those two, my favorite movie of 2023 is very much subject to change, I think. <laughs> uh-huh. You also could see John Wick, and then that'll be your new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I intentionally left that one out. <laughs> I'm not an action movie person. They're just not really for me. I got you. But maybe this could be the one. I don't know. You have said that to me before, and so has Adam. So maybe I'll. Maybe 2024 is the year I the journey during the action movies. I don't know. Year of the action movie. Yeah. I think if you specifically don't like action movies, this probably wouldn't be the one to convert you because it's very much <laughs> like all action. Okay. No messing all about. Action, no movie. <laughs> oh, it's a all movie. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you might get fatigue. You might get action fatigue. Yeah, and I get that really easily. So (laughs) (laughs) there are like a handful of jaw dropping moments, though. So that is fun. Someone could put together like a 40 minute cut of John Wick 4, and that would be your new favorite action movie. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I also couldn't really separate a favorite movie that we watch for the pod. Mm. If I had to choose, I probably could, but all three of stranger than paradise, nobody knows. And the big city were pretty much equal for me. Like I liked all of those quite a lot, but not quite like perfect 10 out of 10s. That's interesting. I think nobody knows would be in mine as well. And also probably the Spanish movie that we watched. Korea? Oh, yes. I didn't even think about that one, but... I have watched, or I haven't watched it again, but I've thought about it a lot since we watched it. It felt really powerful to me. You know what? I never logged that on my first watch list when I watched it. (laughs) That's funny. 
every year there's like one movie that I just forget that I watch or like, cause I usually rely on just like log it when I log it to put it on the list. Mm-hmm. But that one I just straight up didn't. But now that you say that, I don't know if it would quite make that tier, but I did really, really love that one too. Yeah. It, it was just so good. It was so memorable. It was so emotional. Yeah. That might be my favorite. I but like I would say all of those same words about uh, nobody knows too, but I would rewatch Korea a million times before I rewatch nobody knows. I don't know why that movie crushed me so deeply. <laughs> that the song from Korea Cuervos yes. is this, but that's been in my uh, like rotation ever since. So <laughs> feels bad that I didn't even put it. It's not even on my first watch list. You want to talk about your, your romance movies now? Yes. Okay. The only reason I feel the need to separate this category is because I've never considered myself to be a person who likes romance movies. And in fact, I usually don't like that's not, it's not even like a perspective thing. It's like objectively, I don't usually like romance movies or books, but I watched two for the first time this year that were both perfect 10 out of 10s to me. So this feels like a new wave in my life. And they were before sunrise and when Harry met Sally, (laughs) um, which both of them are all about yearning, longing, and pining, as we've talked about a couple of times. So it's nice to know, again, I don't know, kind of thinking in the same same way as like my two favorite horror movies of the year and how they feel so related. And this feels like, okay, now I have this thing that I know that I like in horror. This feels like, okay, now I know that I have this thing that I really like in romance, which is a lot of like, I don't know, kind of unrequited love, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of. I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily call it that, actually. but Yearning and pining. Yeah, yearning and pining. <laughs> and very, um, like, flirty, witty banter. Both of those movies are so dialogue-heavy and I think, like, well-known for how uh, fun to, like, to listen to the dialogue between the two love interests is. And I really like that. I really appreciate it. So it was really fun to watch those movies, like, close together and be like... This is so cool that I have this whole new like little subgenre of film that I like really like. And now yeah. I can see out more things like that, hopefully. Um, so yeah, that was just nice to discover that this year. Incredible. <laughs> your your top picks are very synergistic with your resolutions. True. Yeah. You exactly. love to see it. <laughs> uh well, I, I wanted you to save that for the last because every year. I do this thing Mm -hmm. that I then forget about until I listen to the episode (laughs) of the next year (laughs) where it's like, I pick a little sub genre, like specific type that I seem to watch more of that specific year. So Mm -hmm. last year I did horror movies. uh, And then the year Mm -hmm. before was noir film noir. And then I guess the year before that was Korean movies. And I don't actually like remember this really, like what my picks yeah. were for the previous years, but that's what I said on last year's episode. <laughs> uh, and like, I guess I just, I just forget. I said then that I forgot that I did that too, but so I'm not even going to remember this by this time next year, but this year was a little bit trickier to pick out a topic for this, but I felt like I had to. And so I chose romantic dramas specifically. Um, I Fun. did watch I like a that. Yeah, I watched a lot of rom-coms too, but none of them were like top-tier craziness, but there were okay. uh, a handful of like specifically romantic dramas that I really liked. So the uh, 
I don't know what the qualifications necessarily were. Like it could be argued that some of the ones I left out could fit in here and some of the ones that I put in could also be taken out by the same token, you know, that I ruled out other stuff. But I have a list of five that I'm now going to count down from. Number five was uh, actually a silent movie that I watched from my 100 years ago project called The White Sister. Ooh. It's about a lady. It's a melodrama, a, a, a good classic melodrama starring the queen of all silent movies, uh, Lillian Gish. Um, cool. But basically, she is engaged to marry someone and then he goes to war and she thinks he's dead and becomes a nun. Mm-hmm. And then he returns and then stuff. You got to find out what happens next. But uh, it was <laughs> it was just one that was pleasantly surprising amongst a slew of uh, forgettable silent movie melodramas for this hundred years ago project. Um, nice, that's awesome. Yeah. So, if, if any listeners, if they haven't heard uh, about my hundred years ago project, basically, I watch as many movies as I'm able to from whatever year is a hundred years ago, uh, and recommend the ones that. I think are still worthy of being seen today by like the average person, I guess, or like someone who's like trying to get into silent movies. Maybe I'd put it. Um, And I do have a few left to watch that are on my list, which I mentioned a little earlier that, but uh, when I'm through all of those and have my definitive like list, I'm probably going to try to do maybe a little bonus episode here on the podcast feed. Um, and also like maybe a YouTube video about it to kind of talk about the ones. Um, but up to now, this is the only drama at all that's in the list that, that I think should still be seen. The rest are comedies of varying degrees. This is the only melodrama that I think, uh, passes the, the muster, I guess. So I had to include it as my number five pick. Uh, and number four, I have Decision to Leave, which I finally got to see. Nice. Um, but it was on an airplane and I didn't quite get the full experience. So I might have liked it even more. Or <laughs> I, I might like it even more if I see it again, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure I'll, I will at some point. But uh, yeah, as it is, I really loved it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's and it's one of the ones that made me choose this subject like this is one of the two that i think fall without argue into the romantic drama category because it's such a (laughs) such a i don't know a romance movie i guess uh where that that's really like where what the plot follows is just like these two people and uh their relationship so much i think you'd like it too um it was kind of an odd like i didn't I wasn't expecting where it went, but uh, I still really appreciated uh, the journey and the ride. And I really want to see it again because I feel like I didn't quite get the full experience. Gotcha. Uh, At number three on my romantic drama list is The Misfits. Uh, I talked about this on the wrap up. Uh, Basically, it's just really it's it's a very unique watch in that all of the people, all of well, three of the four main stars of this movie would be dead within five years of it. That is so crazy. And the two leads, Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable is both of the last movies that they were in. And just the way that the subject matter of the movie is so bleak 
and kind of hopeless and is following plotting out like kind of the bleak hopeless real lives of the actors at this point uh makes for a really like unique and quite uh bizarre watch that's also pretty like soul crushing at some points <laughs> uh when you take into account oh, like the the sub subtext maybe i guess um but yeah. uh, i really wanted to mention it here at the end because i think it's it's very much its own thing and like as a movie it has some flaws i'd say but there's something about the experience of watching it um that uh really is is one of a kind so it maybe not as as happy uh of as some of these other movies but this still belongs on the romantic drama list, I thought. Uh, and then at number two, we have Tony, directed by Jean Renoir, my favorite French man in, of history, probably. <laughs> um, one that was very surprising to me and like stands out because I think that the subject matter on paper isn't that interesting, but something about how it's enacted and played at, plays out on screen Mm-hmm. Uh, really makes you like feel so much for these characters, and you know, part of that's like the performances, part of it's the direction, but uh, just something about this feels very special in a in a very unexpected way, and I think it's it's one of my favorite movies uh, for the year. Nice. But the number one slot had to go to the Age of Innocence; it couldn't go anywhere else, and this is one. I, I talked about it. This is another one that I've seen recently and watched, but at the beginning of that one episode, because I it made me like the book that I did not like when I read it. <laughs> and I think that there's something in that that's very special. Right. But the age of innocence, it made me it made me care more about a story that I grew very tired of uh, when I was reading it. And I think the way that that it was adapted to the screen and uh, stands as a movie is just very unique. And uh, I like I realized looking back that maybe I'm not always a huge fan of Martin Scorsese. Like I do love a lot. Of, I mean, he's made a lot of movies and a lot of them I do really love, but some I'm kind of some that are fan favorites. I'm a little more cold on, gotcha. uh, but the age of innocence really kind of surprised me and went an extra mile of being something very interesting. <laughs> and I quite loved it. And uh, it's the other one that made me say, I have to make a list of romantic dramas if I'm talking about like a specific subgenre of some sort. So that's awesome. There you have it. That's Yay. my that's my special corner of the year <laughs> <laughs> that I will forget about by this time next year. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, and I think that's all. The only movie that I haven't talked about that was in my top 10 first watches was After Sun, um, mm-hmm. which I think I talked about on last on the last yeah. wrap up. So yeah, not too much did. to add, but that one's so, so good. <laughs> Thanks. I'm still thinking about that one, too. So Thanks. Um, that's it. That's the best of the best of the books and movies of the past year. Nice. Good for us. 2023 is wrapped up. <laughs> Perhaps it didn't soar to the highest of highs and we didn't get as quite as many movies and books that we were over the moon about as in yeah. 2022. 
but still a good year. I agree. It was good. There were some highlights. Yeah, I agree. Not quite as high of highlights as <laughs> years before. That's okay. Here's hoping 2024 takes it away, you know? <laughs> On the up and up. Soars even higher. Yeah. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, we missed a lot of weeks this year, but that's yeah. also okay because we kind of found yeah, <laughs> we kind of found a new avenue where it's like each episode that we do feels more special. I, I found this uh, way. I agree. Yeah. Um, where it seems that we really go do do a bit more for each episode, maybe or like bring yeah, a bit more to the table. Yeah, um, and I'm yeah, it, I'm cool with it. If I yeah. have one podcast goal for this upcoming year it's to be to like like really step it up a notch with book club amount of books Mm -hmm. that we're reading which again like this year was really tricky with like i was very ill and you moved across the country like there was a lot of unforeseen circumstances that kept us from reading the amount that we usually do but still it's it's so much nicer to come to the end of the year and be like wow book club we like accomplished a lot in book club yeah (laughs) I like that for a goal. Um, speaking of, are you good to do that for the next episode? Yes, but I will be on a cruise for a solid like seven days. So okay. it won't be a week from today. That'll be all right with me. I'm like halfway through this book. It's been very quick reading, but. <laughs> I'm hoping this one will be a big win since I chose it. We'll see. And you know, obviously, it's not I want a competition like, like that. I know. I I'm just know. saying that because <laughs> if it were a competition, then I would have won this year. And I already gave you credit for that. Yeah. So we'll do book club next week and then see from there for next awesome. episode. Maybe I should just say next episode so that there's not a pressure to make it every week. Thank you. <laughs> I think as, as long as we're just like putting out good episodes when we do. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, and hopefully no like two months, two month plus breaks again. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit, bit much. Uh, so yeah, more, more fun stuff to come in 2024. Woohoo! It means that all it is left to do for this time around is to recommend an album. If you're Woo-hoo. new here at the end of every episode, we each recommend an album that you guys should be listening to. As well as each other, I suppose. But but it's more about what you guys should be listening to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So do you have an album for this week? Yeah. I'm going to re-recommend A Beginner's Mind by Sufjan Stevens and Angelo de Agassiz, which I've recommended before, but it, it's very intentional as my first recommendation of this year. First of all, I think this album is criminally underrated. I I just, people don't talk about it nearly enough. I think it's like perfect. To me, this is like a no skip album that I think is so interesting. And I have listened to it like three or four times all the way through in the last week or two, Mm -hmm. because I just really love it. I don't know. I just keep going back to it. And it surprises me that it seems like not a lot of people feel that way about it. Like, I think Mm -hmm. people who love Sufjan Stevens go back to Carrie and Lowell a lot, which is great. So do I. But I don't understand how this album is like not the same <laughs> to a lot of people. I don't, I don't know. It's really, really, really good. Um, and the other thing about it, other couple things about it is that it's the whole concept of it is having a beginner's mind, like sort of opening your mind to seeing things differently to like pulling different ideas from 
different avenues of, I don't know, art and stories and stuff. Um, and I think that that's a great mindset to begin your year with, especially your year of movie watching and book reading. Um, and I really want to keep, I want to go back to watching the movies that inspired the songs on this album, which is a, which was a project I started, I think two years ago. I don't think I really, I only watched one of the movies, I believe in 2023, which was the thing. Maybe that was in 2022. That was 2022. Yeah. Because you talked okay, about it at the end of the, yeah. yeah. God, I loved the thing. It's so good. Um, so I really want to go back to that. I really want to like finish that project. I'm not sure why I dropped it off. Actually, I, am sure why I dropped it off. And it's because a lot of the movies that I still have to watch from it are sequels or even like the third or fourth movie in a series of things. And so that started getting really intimidating to me because I'm like, okay, well, I think to get the full experience of this movie now, it's actually, I have to watch like four movies <laughs> and then I watch see. this. Um, the Wizard so of Oz debacle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the one that ended it all. So I don't know if I'll actually... I don't know. I haven't devised a plan yet, but I really do want to finish that because it's just so fun for me. The four movies that I did manage to watch that inspired a song on the album, it, like it was so interesting to watch the movie and then listen to the song again and be like, how did Sufjan Stevens' mind come up with this song from that movie? Like, it's just really fun to try and like make those connections from somebody else's inspiration, I guess. It's cool. So I really want to go back yeah. to that. And I really love that album. Very nice. Uh, my album is called Hell Mode by Jeff Rosenstock. Nice. Jeff Rosenstock is a guy that I really like and I've been listening to since forever. Since like mm -hmm. I started listening to cool music, he was one of the first people that I really uh, got attached to. Nice. And uh, for some reason, I kind of just don't listen to him as much anymore uh, to the point that when this album came out, I didn't listen to it. I, I, I didn't listen to this album all the way through until yesterday <laughs> or no, maybe even today, uh, because Anthony Fantano, internet yeah. music critic, actually picked it as his best album for all of last year. Oh, and I was surprising. like, well, wow, that's really cool. I don't know yeah. why I haven't listened to it yet. Like I've heard this, yeah. I listened to the singles um, as they came out, but the full album I didn't listen to and it was really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know what more I have to add, but I really like Jeff Rosenstock and uh, I think this album is actually so good. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be listening to the songs from it uh, quite a lot coming up in the new year. So that's awesome. I kind of want to yeah. listen to it too. I, Kind of trust Anthony Fantana. <laughs> he hates Lana Del Rey, and I. <laughs> well, <laughs> guess what he picked as his number three favorite album <gasps> this year? Total Under Ocean Boulevard. So mm. well deserved. Okay, yeah. well then I especially want to listen to this album, and maybe my mind is moving. <laughs> <laughs> he said he said something about that because he, he ever since NFR, his opinions have kind of turned around. But he said okay, this, this one was. Hit, hit the the big time, I suppose. Every now and then I'll, I'll see, he does TikToks where he like goes and talks, he like interviews people on the street, you know? And he's mm. just like, he asks them about their favorite albums, but also if they watch him, he'll be like, what is my take that's like your least favorite or your favorite? And so many girls that he talks to will always be like, your take about ultraviolence. F you. 
because <laughs> he hates ultraviolence, I guess. So every time I see that come up, I'm like, yeah, I don't like this guy. <laughs> nice. I actually did watch because he re-reviewed that album like recently. Oh, interesting. So I would say I almost actually sent it to you, but I didn't know if you were. I don't know if you would appreciate it or not. Uh, okay. Well, I'll watch it just to gotta watch it and, and find out. And I, I do want to see the other albums that he rated highly from this year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I feel bad that I missed out on Hell Mode when it came out, so I want to make up for it now because uh, uh, I went and saw Jeff Rosenstock live back in the day, back in the summer, like I think right before college started. Or maybe the summer after my freshman year, but I don't know. But that was one of like one of my favorite concert experiences. So, um, yeah, I feel like I missed out, and I don't want to miss out anymore. And I don't want you guys to miss out anymore because it's really good. So, (laughs) all right, that concludes. That's a good way to wrap up the year because that was last year. I'm going into the new year listening to more Jeff Rosenstock. And uh, we'll be watching and reading all sorts of cool stuff in 2024. And you can hear all about it here on the podcast. Uh, We'll be back next week with Book Club of Kindred by Octavia Butler. And uh, yeah, we'll see what the rest of the year brings. But that's that's what's coming up for the next episode. (laughs) Uh, So do great things this week and this whole year. We both believe in you. Really do. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Also, I don't know if I said that. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. Thanks and bye. Bye now.